Are they going to hey, stay in hey, the bathroom Michael, the whole time? We're starting. Thank you. Ready? And Action. once again, I clap by myself. You will look clap by yourself to the end of time. <laughs> I look straight into your eyes and I go wide with my hands to be like, ready and clap. And you never do. I clap on the inside. You just can't see it. Hi, Hello. everyone. Welcome. Welcome. I'm Mary Clohan. I'm Julie Drexler Johnson. And this is Spoiler! Exclamation point, the podcast. I'm not screaming right now because we just got fancy new mics, and I'm not sure how hot my voice is mm-hmm. right now. I feel like a kid who has something that they're proud to wear, mm-hmm. like a new thing. A new thing. And it looks very weird on them. But nobody can see it, so mm-hmm. you should feel totally comfortable. I feel like I, there's a big puffy end to it, and I just want to bite it. Mm-hmm. Is that a like normal? Augustus. Like Augustus. Save some room for later <laughs> when he eats the mic in Willy Wonka. Oh, he does, but he eats like a hardened mic. <laughs> yeah. And He's she's like, save some room for later. Ugh. Actually, I don't know if that's when she says that, but... She just says it constant. That's her only line in the movie. I think so. (laughs) Speaking of movies. um, Oh, my goodness. So we have had a few guests on our special little podcast here for a while. Um, Special guests? Special podcast. Special podcast. Say that 10 times fast. Special guests, special podcast. Special guests, special podcast. Um, And each week we've had somebody watch the last 90 seconds of a movie they have never seen before and describe the plot based on those last 90 seconds. But we have yet to undertake this feat ourselves. Uh, So this is a little a little selfish uh, podcast because we want to see what our guests are experiencing. So each of us have given the other one a a movie that holds deep childhood significance mm. uh for the other one so i have given julie the pod uh, the podcast the movie the page master mm. um which she has never seen except for the last 90 seconds mm-hmm. and i gave mary um it's not not only a special movie to me it's also the best movie of all time okay little women the 1994 version because there are about 15 versions I will say everybody who I told um, some one of my roommates saw me watching the last 90 seconds went insane. Mm-hmm. Anybody I've told that I'm doing this movie goes insane. Makes me think <laughs> I missed something. Wait, your roommate, if I remember correctly, didn't even see. They heard the soundtrack, right? Oh, they heard right? the, f- the two tr- notes of the soundtrack. <laughs> it held such uh, nostalgic significance <gasps> that she heard two notes and immediately mm. perked up. It's so good. Um so yeah, wow. so we've only seen the last 90 seconds of these two movies. So we're going to do a double header for the first time. Um, I will be describing my take on the plot of Little Women. And Julie will be describing her take on, on the plot the page of The Page Master. Master. And I think all of our other guests have kind of clarified for us how much they know and what they've seen. And yes. I know nothing <laughs> about The Page Master except that Kevin McAllister's in it. Um, and you're not even getting his real name right. Well, so you literally know nothing. <laughs> I know nothing. I might have even seen it, and I don't know. Wow. So I, I don't know. You were so high as a kid. Yeah. Um, no, Page Master was so Page high Master as a was kid. so high. <laughs> you're not incorrect. Um, and I literally know nothing about Little Women. You don't even know how many daughters there were. I don't even know. Or you'll are. find that. You'll probably find that out shortly here right great that i have literally no idea except that winona Ryder is in it because she's in the last 90 seconds um so i think we're gonna do you want to jump in let's just jump in julie i think you're gonna go first right great wait i'm gonna be interviewed first you're gonna be interviewed first yes that's what i would like and mary's being very kind and letting me do the order i want (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. i'm all about pleasing other people um so julie you've already said what your experience is here. Um, but mm-hmm. why your, your husband has seen the page master. Yeah. He has. Why do you think you didn't see the page? It's a, it's a big significant film for a lot of people. Um, first of all, I don't like you telling my listeners that I'm married. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I have no place in my memory of this movie. Yeah. I can't picture the cover of it. I don't remember another friend of mine liking it. 
I don't, I can't tell you what year it is other than I know Kevin McAllister was around the same age as Home Alone, so I know it was mm-hmm. the 90s. Okay. Uh, I have no idea. I don't think it was ever presented to watch. Interesting. Um, in my brain, it's like, it's there with James and the Giant Peach, um, weird, like, rolled doll era. Yeah. Where the 90s were doing movies. <laughs> the 90s were just, like, putting out movies that just were just <laughs> so weird. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't have any, um, what is the word I'm thinking of? Like, a thing that reminds you of another thing? Or, like, a Connections? touchstone? Like, oh, I have, yeah, no, yeah. I have no, no, I have nothing connected to this movie. No reference point, no touchstone. Nothing. All I can't the better. picture anything. Great. Yeah. Do you want me to give you some, I'm going to give you some fun facts whether you want them or not. Yeah, no, I you, do. You just said you didn't know the year, but, um, I mean, one of my facts is that it was made in 1994. Mm-hmm. So, I was. Whoa. So is Little Women. What? Oh, my gosh. <gasps> okay. Do you think they're the same movie? <laughs> um, <gasps> two years I was two years old when this movie was made ew yeah it's gross I was um, six well I was probably five five going because I was six. born on the last four days of 1988 that's so romantic so I'm basically born in 89 is yeah. what I'm saying anyway um it took three and a half years to make this film and for reference the in- film in its entirety is an hour and 15 minutes long. okay so a long time a long, long time. Do you know why? Was it stopped? Was someone hurt? I don't think there was a reason. I think we can get into the reason after. Okay. I'm afraid it might give something away. Okay. About the nature of this movie. Well, I already thought um, of the whole plot, so I don't okay. think you can give away much. But I can't go on. throw you now. <laughs> um, there were two directors for this film. Oh. At the not not that one was fired, and it was it was two directors the entire time. Maurice Hunt who was also a director on Fantasia 2000 Ooh, wow. and Joe Johnston, who was the director of Jumanji. Wow. So, and okay. honey, I shrunk the kids. So right in that... line with the pocket I'm kind of picturing. Great. Great. Um, and then, uh, David Kirshner, who was one of the writers on this movie. Uh, there were three writers. He's also a, a famous producer. Um, and one of the things he's produced most significantly um, were all of the Chucky movies. The Chucky, oh, the evil doll movies. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I've seen those. Same. Okay. Um, so I don't know if that... Uh, I mean, I think it just helps. It helps. Definitely doesn't hurt. Yeah. <laughs> and um, <laughs> my, my normal thing that I do here on the podcast is I give some reviews. And I'm going to say these were harder to find. Or it was harder to find people who weren't just articulating the same thing over yeah. and over. Well, that's, I feel like this is okay for this one because I know how much you revere this movie. Yes. So that just, it was so formative. I credit this, we'll get into it at the end, but I credit this movie with my being. Um, so this, this movie is just, was panned on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Um, I'm not surprised. One of the reviews, <laughs> uh, Christy Lee Lemire uh, she's a top critic from christylemire.com. Oh, so, yeah. of course, she's a top critic on that website. Yeah, I would hope so. <laughs> Otherwise, it would be really sad how she thinks about herself. <laughs> I'm not any good. Christy I'm a Lemire. bottom com. critic on my own website. Sure. Um, she said, The Page Master is the kind of movie first grade teachers would have popped into the VCR in the 1990s to kill time on a rainy afternoon. Wow. To kill 75 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> to kill 75. It's not, you know, maybe the entirety of a class, even. Oh, my gosh. Um, okay. Somebody who will not be named uh, just gave it the rating, not interested in it. Uh, and they said, I hated this as a child. Hmm. I don't remember why, but I give this rating out of a primal fear. <laughs> this movie will eat your family and burn down your house. Shoot. Okay. Right? Um, Wait, can I ask if you agree with that one? Or is that too much given away? If I have a primal fear of this movie? Yeah, if if you think it'll eat your family. (laughs) No. I mean, mm, okay, I will say maybe scary for kids. That's all I'll say. So as a kid, you could have been traumatized by this movie easily. Okay. Um, Okay. Lori S. says, gave it half, half a star and said, uh... Gag me with a spoon. 
Who why? knows if that's even related to <laughs> Lori, the movie? Lori, Lori why? Calm down. <laughs> why do you want us to do that? Ugh. Do you want us to do that instead of watching the movie? Or are you saying watching the movie was like being gagged with a spoon? Because you're um, not being clear. She's not being clear. <laughs> or she's just remarking upon the fact that she loves to be gagged by spoons. I don't <laughs> he know. He or she. Is this is rotten? Right. It was a she in her profile picture, though. Oh. Well, that was just an in, inside joke about little women. You'll see. You'll get oh, it. Oh, I get it. <laughs> well, maybe. <laughs> um, Caitlin H. gave it four stars and said, fuck the world. I loved this movie as a kid. Fuck yeah, Caitlin. Fuck the world. I loved this movie as a kid. Yeah. Okay. And All then right. Kareem A., this will be my last one, said, it's been too long since I last saw this. I don't remember it at all. To which I say, Kareem, why did you have to write? Why did you have to write you know this what? review? Kareem, boy or girl, does it show? Um, you Don't you have to make an account to man to like enter? A, he went to the efforts to make an account and then just say like, I don't remember. It, it makes you wonder if he goes to every movie now that he hasn't mm. seen. I don't know. Don't remember much. <laughs> Thank you for your valuable input, Kareem. Yikes. Uh, okay. So that's, that's all not helpful at all. Thank you so much. No, you're welcome. Uh, so this is the time in the podcast where we say, <gasps> spoiler alert, everyone dies at the end. Um, I'm going to watch the clip. Yeah. And Julie's going to describe for us what she is seeing in the last 90 seconds here. And this one is a true 90 seconds. Yeah. I was strict with you. Our, that one guest um, who has the same first name as you, I won't say who she is. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was the one who... <laughs> Laid all our shit bare. Called us out. <laughs> it's a uh, lot. Two minutes and 12 seconds. I was like, no, that includes the credits. She's like, nope. It's two minutes and 12 seconds. I don't know if she's a straight shooter. We love her. <laughs> <laughs> so now we can't lie. Uh, but this one is in 90 seconds. 93 seconds. Okay. So first of all, this is weird. Okay. So the clip is shot from the backyard from an upper angle, like on a telephone pole looking into the house. And this dad turns back and he says, good night, son, in a very weird voice. The lights turn off. He closes the outside doors and then it pans into a tree house where Kevin McAllister's already sound asleep. So he either miraculously fell asleep or the dad watched him from the house fall asleep. And then there's a voice that says, we need some light. And a lantern magically turns on and there's like sparkles. And then it pans up to the wall of the treehouse. And I guess the lantern turning on, I guess, is magical. And then there's some creatures on the wall that are puppets, shadows, shadow puppets of books. And there are three of them. And they are kind of like talking about what just happened to them like we're in adventure land and then one of them starts to cry because he's so happy that he has friends and we're panning now away from the treehouse they're jibber jabbering kevin's asleep typical suburban backyard fade out the lantern is the last thing we see roll credits it's actually a minute and 20 seconds, but because it's black now and there's still 15 seconds. <laughs> yeah, uh, the blackness is part of it. <laughs> I think the clip was short because the movie's short. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, the movie's called Page Master. Great place to start. <laughs> you got that right. And um, yeah, I mean, this clip gives me a lot of weird feelings in my belly. Mm-hmm. In terms of you feel uncomfortable with the cast of characters or you feel uncomfortable with the um, uh, incorporation of magic? No, I feel like the feeling when you're a kid and you're like out somewhere where you shouldn't be and you're nervous that your mom might catch you because you saw something you shouldn't. Ooh. And But that's like the feeling behind this clip. Something's wrong. Kevin McAllister. (laughs) Something's wrong. Has seen some shit. (laughs) No, I'm talking about as a viewer. (laughs) Oh, as a viewer. I see. I see. Uh, Yeah. Okay. So this movie, I I like the fun facts you gave me because they kind of confirmed my suspicions. I got very James and the Giant Peach vibes, like I said before. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously, there's magic. Avi. And it's weird. And it's weird. I think you've, I think we can move on. I think you've described the movie. <laughs> Let's move on to Little Women. 
Um, a couple of things I want to note about the the clip I just watched. The I don't know if it was the quality of the clip, but the father's voice sounded so weird and distant. And he's like, "Good night, son." And I don't know if that was just a '90s thing or if it was the well, quality of the you video. Know, I think that's '90s acting. Okay. Where they're like um, really ham it up, and the guy playing the father is like. I forget his name, but if you see him, he's like the father in every 90s movie. Oh, okay. He's like the dad without a big part. Mm-hmm. Oh, don't tell me that. Oh, no. It's okay. I mean, maybe not in this movie. So that's his acting. Like, that's on his, like, I'm good at dad with, with minimal lines. <laughs> yes, I can deliver the lines and collect the paycheck, dad. Uh, yeah. Okay, so <laughs> this clip <laughs> tells us that Kevin is obviously an adventurous boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's sleeping in a treehouse. I don't get the vibe he was banished to the treehouse. I think he's sleeping out there for fun. So I just wanted to do a couple wrap-up thoughts about the clip, and then we can jump to the top of the movie. Great. Um, so he's obviously adventurous. Um, I feel some sort of very odd peace in this final scene, <laughs> particularly between the father and the son. Oh, like they've, they've Something's fought, resolved. something mm-hmm. has been resolved. Okay. Uh the characters on the wall, the shadow characters, are very detailed in particular. Uh, the sound, the kid's asleep. Um, what is this land of adventure? Is it the sleeping land? Is it his dreams? Mm-hmm. Is it real? And they're like his protectors. Um, so kind of curious about all that. Uh, and I want to just say that there's three characters. The dopey guy is like, I'm so happy I have friends now. Or some bullshit. And then the <laughs> the mama book or whatever. She's like, sugar? And like the most like racist voice ever. I mean, I'm, maybe she's the black book. But like it's one of the most like <laughs> sy- syrupy like black mama voices. And everything is just really over the top. Again, the nineties. Again, she might be a black book, Mm -hmm. so that's fine. Yeah. Uh, but she says, sugar, what's like, what's wrong with you? And, and then it's just very weird. Um, so yeah, figuring out who these books are, who are the books? You're asking me point blank. No, that's kind of, (laughs) (laughs) you gave me a look like, tell me, tell me. Well, I think they're, either his protectors or the three of them are mother, father, son. And they're like his subconscious, uh, or they somehow represent what's like really going on in his life. Like if it's him and his parents, like baby book and mama and father book, this is where it could be racist. Cause I don't think he has a black mother in real life. So that's why I kind of assumed it was racist, but yeah, is it reflective of what's actually happening in his life with like mm-hmm. weird shadow puppets in the night? But they have a protector element too because they're turning on a light. They're turning and, on a light to so. protect him, to look over him. Yes. So that's kind of where I was starting from with books all that information. Protectors. Mm-hmm. Great. Okay. Do you want <laughs> to wanna hop to? Sure. What is the first? Um, you can speak in images or larger themes yeah. or idea plot points, but um, what is the first thing that we see or hear or what happens to okay. kick, kick it into gear? So kicking it right into gear here, uh, this is the story of Kevin mm-hmm. and his, maybe his fourth grade year, something like that, like okay. some six months to a year of his life. Uh, he's an only child mm-hmm. for sure. <laughs> For, for sure. sure. <laughs> he doesn't have any siblings. It's clear because he's living in a treehouse. Uh, okay. So I get the feeling that his father is deeply engrossed with whatever his job is. And his job is this. He's an author, obviously, because it's called Page Master. Mm. So his dad is an obsessed author. And we all know that writers are assholes <laughs> self-absorbed egotistical yes. assholes who are yes. like son get out while i'm writing <laughs> mary's a writer so yeah, she yeah. really knows <laughs> i feel this father character in my bones <laughs> um and then you know we we get the sense from the very beginning that kevin is off mm. he's an only child he's odd he's different he's off and and right away something happens towards the beginning where we know He's chosen. 
Like, you know when you know the character that's going to have to go be Neo or, like, mm-hmm. the the guy. Like, Harry Potter. Like, he's the Harry Potter. He's Harry. Yeah. <clears throat> he's the Harry. He's a Harry boy. <laughs> he's a Harry, Harry boy. <laughs> okay. So... His parents are distant. They might be divorced. Mom might be dead, but definitely distant and weird. And I think they must have had him later, too. They seem older. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he definitely has orphan-like quality to him. <laughs> because he's different? Because <laughs> he's different and because his dad sucks. Mm-hmm. He, he knows... Well, he doesn't know this yet, so I'm not going to say that. Uh, he... Something happens to him while he sleeps. Mm-hmm. And he gets some insight into something he must do uh, in order to resolve. This is, all sounds very like vague right now, but he he's brought into some information in his dreams or something where he knows that he has to go do a thing. So this is like a hero's journey. Oh, for sure. Yes. I literally wrote, <laughs> he must go be a hero for a group of people that he like doesn't know yet. Like uh-huh. He knows he has to, but he doesn't know the details. So like prophetic dream. Is there a particular yeah. figure that brings him this prophecy? Is well, it... go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, if, is it the books themselves or we haven't even met mm. them yet? I think the books, I don't know yet what they are. I don't know if they're magic. I don't know if they're dreams. I don't know if they're subconscious or what. But to me, they, they've known him always. Like, they existed when he was born. So mm-hmm. it's, to me, the story of him learning that they're there. Okay. Like a guardian angel. Like finding out you have a godmother. Mm. Fairy. A fairy godmother. A fairy godmother. Not like a real one. I've been with you all along. Yeah, like they've been watching him sleep <laughs> his whole life. On his shelf? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know why they're shadow puppets. Um, but yeah. So it's it's almost as if as he learns more about his father's tensions, uh his the characters, he starts to the characters become revealed in his sleep mm-hmm. the more his father needs him to like go be this hero. So I know that the hero thing has to do with something resolving with his father. Okay. And the two communicate. Like, not like what we were talking about with, you know, Amelie, like where it's, you know, the paintings represent the real world. It's more of this, like, subconscious connection where the books, the book puppets become more potent Mm -hmm. when the dad needs Kevin. Kevin, I see. Something like that. Something about their voices become louder. Mm -hmm. And he starts to realize, oh, my goodness, when that, like, black woman was talking to me in my sleep that was like my dad needing me that was him needing me they're speaking so loud i can't resist the call right and like it's like this echoey montage type audio clip where it's like kevin and he starts to put the pieces together like oh my gosh the books were saying this i remember in kindergarten like i woke up from my nap and Mm -hmm. i heard I don't know. So he starts to connect weird dots like that. Yeah. And it's a nice thing too, because it's like, as you get older, you become more in tune with what's actually happening with your parents, you know? Yeah. So that, I don't know if that's too ambiguous, but there's some sort of, there's an establishment that he's lonesome and weird Mm -hmm. and that his dad needs him, but he doesn't know. He, the dad doesn't know he needs the boy. The boy starts to get hints that he has to go be the hero. Okay. Is it, his dad needing help in the sense of like his writing career is failing or is, does his, is his dad like sick? Is well, he... good question. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, we don't, yeah, we can he's discover an, He's it. a writer. And so I feel like it has to do with kind of a metaphorical take on like you write your own story. Oh, uh, you have the power to like grab that pen and write that story, but mm-hmm. it's nicely metaphored. Is that a word? Nope. Yeah. Uh, with the dad being a writer, mm-hmm. writing this story. Um, so is that enough of like a setup to I think take so. us forward? Or yeah, okay. absolutely. And I think we'll discover it along, like with any hero's journey, the journey starts off as one thing and then it becomes a different thing. Mm-hmm. So, yes, all of that and more. 
Um, so then I wrote, this is a question with two question marks. Is the father's book being written in Kevin's dreams? <gasps> Just a thought. Ooh. Or, or it's somehow connected. The father needs Kevin. It's kind of like some character or thing in the father's book is Kevin's journey. Mm-hmm. So the father has to trust Kevin and Kevin has to learn that his that he can earn a place in his father's time so in his day. Like he needs to trust his father. They need to trust mm-hmm. each other. So it's not so much about what the father writes in his book becomes Kevin's reality. It's whatever Kevin yeah. does unleashes his father's yeah. creativity. Whatever mm-hmm. actions he's taking mm-hmm. allows the father to write the story. Mm-hmm. Okay, we need to move on because I have. I just realized I have a lot of more notes. Okay, okay. <laughs> so let's fly. We have an early scene. <laughs> And by we need to move on, I mean I need to gather my thoughts, babe. (laughs) So an early scene, uh, Kevin is playing by himself, obviously, Saturday afternoon at like 2 p.m., whatever. And he gets lost in his playtime creativity. You know, he's like building a fort or something. And he grabs this first edition book of... I couldn't think of a good one, like like some sort of really famous, uh, like King Arthur or something... Mm -hmm. Where you've never actually read it, but it's always referenced. And he picks up King Arthur. It's like a first edition, like really fancy. And he uses it to like weight something down to build his fort. And it's this big moment where he kind of absentmindedly grabs it to slide. And he's like building this cool kid fort thing. And it's like weighing down the corner of the blanket. And the dad walks in and like yells at him. He's like, I told you not to touch that book. My King Arthur book. Yeah, you, where did you get the key to open my glass case? Like he's like, crazy collector of books and he snatches the book out of the kid's hand and we we like are very clear about dad's priorities kid needs kid needs a playmate mm-hmm. <laughs> he always got a <laughs> dusty books yeah uh and that it's just kind of a heavy-handed way to tell us that the dad is obsessed with his books and doesn't care about kevin i don't think heavy-handed at all great uh maybe this particular book is important uh, like if the dad can't finish his book and he's writing it on a typewriter, maybe like Kevin uses the typewriter to weigh the thing down. Oh, it almost breaks it or yeah, does break it. Or like it, whatever, or... something related to how the dad's writing and struggling. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's visited in the night <laughs> <laughs> by his characters. Are they his subconscious? Maybe. Are they the voices in his head that guide his ego, that guide his decisions, that guide his confidence? Is the dad's story written based on what happens in Kevin's life. I think so. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely, just stylistically, this movie gives me a vibe of um, where it has, like, the half ha- half animated, half not, like the Roger oh, Rabbit yes. movie. What's that called? Roger Rabbit? Uh, Who Framed Roger yeah. Rabbit and Space Jam. Yeah, man, that one, that movie was so... Well, Space Jam also, but Roger Rabbit, Who Framed, it was so good. Yeah, okay, it's a classic. And one of the sexiest cartoons. Oh, Jessica right? like Rabbit? What? Yeah. So something like that where there's like animated characters along with the real life. Mm-hmm. Get that vibe. Uh, so in the night, one night, Kevin wakes up in his dream. This is where I'm kind of confused. But he wakes up in his dream and catches the books doing something bad. Mm-hmm. Which is like him, his own conscience catching himself doing something naughty or something. Yeah. Um, like they need something in the house. Like he catches them going through the dad's glass cabinet or something like that. Okay. So the books are existing in reality now. Yeah. But I don't know. As animated beings. And I don't know if it's dreams, like him unpacking from the day Mm because he just got in trouble. So then he is like, you guys can't do that because he's, yeah. Applying it or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's something connected with what happens to him in real life or what's about to happen to him in real life is reflected in his dreams very clearly. That with makes these sense. Maybe characters. he doesn't know if he's awake or not. Yeah. He's just like, yeah, I know that I have to respond to this. Why are you guys real? Yeah. And that's going to be really important in my final scene. Yes. So he, he thinks the books are intruders, you know, and he defends the dad. Which is important because we need to know that he is on, he loves his dad. Mm-hmm. So he defends the dad when the books are trying to steal his book. 
So it's this one book, the King Arthur book. We'll say King Arthur. Yeah, it's representing something more. Big, okay. Mm -hmm. And the the books try to befriend him, and they try to convince him of this, like, you're the one. Like, we need you to come along with us to help Mm -hmm. steal this book and, like, deliver it to the monster at the end of the lake or whatever the thing is. (laughs) The monster at the end of the lake makes sense, yeah. Yeah. So um, because he, like, he, you know, when he's standing there thinking, you can't touch that, they, they say, Kevin, we need you. Kevin, Kevin, think about, think about when you were on the playground and that one time and you caught that girl when she fell off the swing. Remember that time? Like, they point out all these times when he was just in the right place, right time, savior. He's special. Like, mm-hmm. has, like, kind of a Matilda moment where she realizes she has a power. Um, and also, I think whatever these, this power is, it's relinquished when he finishes this journey. Mm-hmm. So it's like this urge that he, that's getting worse and worse, hence why he, the characters have become so potent. Yeah. So the, the power, like with Matilda, how she can move objects until she finds true love from her like new mother. Mm-hmm. It's like that kind of thing with him where he's, he, it's becoming more heightened. So they convince him, like, you have to come with us, even though mm-hmm. you're not supposed to touch this book. And he's like, you're right. All these things are adding up in my life. Yeah, and he has, like, I'll a flashback of his dad being like, Kevin, put that book down. And he's like, all right, let's go. <laughs> yes. <laughs> fuck you, Dan. Yeah. Even though he's like, I love you. But fuck you. Uh, <laughs> so there's some influence. I don't know. Something like Matilda. And that's kind of cop out. But... Um, I also put he has one super weird friend that's like a little overweight girl, but I didn't figure out a way to incorporate, incorporate her into the story. Her, yeah. So just she could be in the school scenes. Her name's like Tabitha. Of course it is. Yeah. Okay. So any do you have any guiding thoughts, questions, concerns? I mean I'm sweating. At this, at this, <laughs> no, at this point I feel like we're set up to start the adventure. Mm-hmm. It's like he doesn't know where he's going yet. He's trusting these books. Mm-hmm. Maybe they haven't even told him where he's going. They're just like, trust your, this whole theme of like, trust your intuition. You're you the know, writer. you've, you know, mm-hmm. trusted it up until now. Yeah. Yeah. So come with us. Maybe they don't even know. There's like a mysterious pull to them that they have. They know that this book is important, right. but they don't know why yet. Yeah. And the book thing is very heavy handed, but I'm fine with that. Um, it's called the freaking page master. So, <laughs> so when he decides to go with it, he's like, all right, let's do this. And he starts to like plan it. He realizes there's a lot at stake. And then as he's building the plan, cause he can only communicate with them in his sleep. Mm-hmm. So he's drawing during school. He's making plans. It's like one of those classic montage setups where you're seeing, oh, you know, like, yeah. okay, I take a nap on Saturday and like talk to Bruno and Lila and he's, he's writing, he's, he's like messing up at school. We see like quiet, you know, there's nineties music playing while the mom is yelling at him because his house, his room is messy. And you know, he's like, Oh, I forgot to take my math class. I was in the playground, like in the sandbox, like tracing my maps and stuff. And so he starts to kind of slip at school and he's like obsessed with this journey. And so that's fun montage time. And that's where we can meet Tabitha, right? As she's like, yeah. Kevin, what are you doing? And You're missing math class. Mm-hmm. And, and he's like, get out of here, Tabitha. <laughs> yeah, there's a distance between them now because he's, I can't explain this to you. It's, they're in my sleep. What? Ugh. She's Voices. <laughs> Kevin's scaring me. Yeah, and she goes to the mom like, hey, Mrs. Tabitha. No, that doesn't work. <laughs> hey, Miss... Wait, Kevin McAllister. Mrs. Kevin. <laughs> hey, Miss Kevin. She's concerned. Like, people are concerned. Anyway, okay, I took my hoodie off. It was so hot. Um, all right, so this is one of my favorite parts of the movie. Me uh, too. I can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> he decides to do... To execute the journey midday on a weekend day for a nap. Okay. Because he he wants to be awake before and after. Like he doesn't want to do it in the night Mm -hmm. for some reason. And I really like that part. I don't know why, but But it's the idea of like the threat of being awoken though is exciting because whenever he's awoken, the journey ends. Yeah. He needs to strategize. Yeah. (laughs) And I don't know. I don't know why, but he decides to go during the day. 
Maybe we'll find out later. Maybe I'll make that up later. Maybe there's like a side by side shot of like he falls asleep during the day, but then like there's all these missed opportunities for his dad to come and wake him up, but he doesn't. Yeah. And you're like, oh no, he's in the middle of something. And his dad's like reaching for the doorknob, then the phone rings, you know. Mm -hmm. That's dramatic. (sighs) Kevin's good. So (sighs) on the journey, um, you know, the goofy book, Bruno. Like, there's a moment where he's like, I'm so fat. I can't walk. And Kevin's <laughs> like, you got this. And, you know, there's several moments like that where he boosts them to carry on. Yeah. And a lot of really, again, heavy-handed metaphor type things where the books have their own baggage because of their own stories. <gasps> Whatever's Are they classic books like the King Arthur? I don't or know. I they're mean, they're just like genres or they might be genres. They might be other books by the dad. Mm, I like that. I do like that. Cause they're books that Kevin's familiar with. Yeah. There is. Yeah. And they're extensions therefore of his dad mm-hmm. at different points in his life. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, you see Bruno being weighed down by something. Like, in his book, there's a dragon. So he's mm. like, I'm so scared of the water. It's a, there's a dragon in the water. And you're like, Bruno, we know you're afraid of dragons. Just go dig deep. What's inside of your covers doesn't define who you are. You know what? I love this heavy-handedness <laughs> so much. Because just... <laughs> Like they're scared of what's inside of them. And I think yeah. that's so beautiful. <laughs> and then there's a line where Kevin goes, we're all books. You just got to open up. Oh, that's such a line that just um, really just normalizes therapy <laughs> in a way that is unexpected for the 90s. It's OK to open up and be vulnerable. <laughs> Okay, and also, if we're going to normalize therapy in that line, we need to say something really shitty about therapy in the opening. Yeah, his dad's like, I don't need therapy. (laughs) They're like, Kevin, we can't send you to a therapist. What would the neighbors think? They'll think you're crazy. And he's like, no. (laughs) Okay. So, oh, 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 I just remembered why he goes during the day. He plans, it's not a weekend. He plans to fake a sick day. Sorry, this is so important. So he fakes a sick day so that he can be home for a whole work day and his parents aren't home. Duh. I can't believe I forgot this detail. So all those things you were saying about like the dad almost like calling home, like all these different things that might interrupt. Nah. And he does some cool thing where he like puts the thermometer on the light bulb and be like, mom, I have a hundred fever. And the mom, the parents are distant enough that they just leave him home to his oh own devices with a hundred fever. Just total negligence. It's <laughs> what most plots thrive on is parent negligence. I mean, right? we've been there before with Kevin. Yeah, right? Uh, also, Home Alone, Catherine O'Hara, Schitt's Creek. Didn't put that together till later in the world. Uh, We're sponsored anyway. by Schitt's Creek. <laughs> We're sponsored by Home Alone Takes New York. What's it called? Home alone, alone in New Alone, alone. Takes New York. Home alone, alone. <laughs> uh, there's a weird lake. <laughs> there's definitely. I'm glad we like, came back to the lake. <laughs> like the journey with the with Bruno, like breaking down, is on the way to the rowboat, and then they get on the rowboat, and he's like, "I'm afraid of dragons," and she's like, "Honey, aren't we all?" And her her book is like a romance novel, <laughs> so yes, she's it like, is. <laughs> she's like, "Dragons aren't real, Bruno." love is though (laughs) so they get onto a rowboat Mm -hmm. i don't know they they row across the lake they have to get something from a monster or to a monster in order to like complete the puzzle i don't know some deliver the book so there's a big big boss character yeah and there's some sort of pivotal moment when we get to the the monster where kevin is in his nightgown Mm-hmm. He's like in like a t-shirt nightgown. He's definitely barefoot. Mm-hmm. And he like has the book or whatever in one hand and there's like definitely flames somewhere and like his glasses are smudged and he's like defiant, like holding up the book. Again, definitely doesn't have shoes on, standing on like a rocky path or something. And all the book characters are huddled behind him and he's like confronting this monster with this book and he's like, whatever he like, is doing in this moment of confidence, he's like 
dashing all his like daddy issues, all his fears. So the <laughs> everything's like crashing down. The possibility of the monster actually being like all of his insecurities and an extension of his father or the bad parts of his mm-hmm. father in some ways that he mm-hmm. is defeating. Mm-hmm. And I think it has to do with the father's, whatever the father's writing, um, he, it has to do with, I think it, to me, it could be something simple like his father's guilt of not spending enough time with Kevin. Mm-hmm. And then whatever Kevin does in this moment with this monster which I think is just, in simplest terms, just defending his dad. Mm-hmm. It cuts to the dad, like, at his, like, writing office, and he looks up from the typewriter and, like, gasps. He's like, oh, like, right when it happens. Because it's midday. This is another reason it has to be midday, because right. it has to, like, automatically happen to the dad. Mm-hmm. We cut to the dad, sharp intake of breath. He looks up from the typewriter. He, like, packs up his stuff really fast and, like, runs home to, like, find... And he shakes Kevin awake. So, like... Whatever happens at the lake with the monster, I, monster is like aggressive. Maybe he's just on a hero's journey to deliver something or to like learn something, like Pilgrim's Progress, where he's like, oh yeah, he has to go on the journey to learn about his dad or something. Learn about his dad, but then there's there's no harm in having a a final battle. Against, right, uh, like he has to be barefoot and like screaming. Mm-hmm. You have to, or it's not a movie. Right. So he runs home from work, and he shakes Kevin awake, and Kevin sits up, and he's like, he doesn't even try to pretend that he's sick. He's just like, Dad, and Kevin, and the dad is like, I under. He's like, I understand. Oh, Kevin. And he like falls to his knees and like hugs him, and something cute happens where like he looks down and there's like the tear on his like <gasps> sleeve is like it still there. Real. It's like yeah. a much more heartwarming version of like a nightmare on Elm street thing where the <laughs> sleep world starts to creep into the real world. Um, never seen it. Never will now. Cause that sounds horrible. Yeah, it's terrifying. <laughs> uh, so one time when I was like 14, I made a new year's resolution to not act like I knew people's references that I didn't. <laughs> and you are upholding that. I, did you used That's... to do that where you just be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I still and do fake, it. Like, uh, sometimes I do it when I don't want to talk to people. I'll just be like, yeah, that's funny, and walk out of the room. <laughs> I, when I just want a conversation to end, I'll go along with it. So something about, the, you know, the connection where he looks down, and he's like, or, or maybe he looks down at the bookshelf, and he sees the characters, and they, like, wink at him. Oh, but then they, like, return yeah, back to still like life. Story. Uh, and then, you know, I think the final scene, I mean, not to, like, jump the gun, but I think the final scene is, like, something really cute where, you know, the... He's teaching Kevin to type because Kevin's helping him with the end of his book. Oh, and he realizes, like, you are my inspiration. Yeah, and so he's standing behind the chair, and he's like, oh, capitalize that, T. Mm-hmm. And, like, smacks him on the back of the head. No. He's, he's, <laughs> Hits he's, him real hard. <laughs> he's like, oh, you can hit backspace, and, oh, look, do I guess it could be computer. He doesn't have to have a typewriter because it's the 90s. But anyway, so it ends with you know, him welcoming Kevin into his life and helping Mm -hmm. him write the book. And yeah, a lot of like holes (laughs) in my story, but the general vibe is there. The, yeah. I mean, I get the entire vibe of it and the metaphors that are contained there within. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, and then henceforth, he's able to revisit these books Mm -hmm. in his dreams. Like we see in the last clip, right? Yeah. And I think a big thing is that when he's traveling across the lake, he thinks that the fear is that his dad's at the end of this journey, but like his dad's actually oh. on the journey with him. Cause the dad is in the books, there's, you know, he's in the stories. They're psychically connected. Yeah. So he's, way. he's facing fears and they're not his dad. So now he can shoulder with his dad and help him write and realize he's not the monster. I think that's a beautiful freaking story. Thank you. Is it exactly right? Yeah, I don't need to. I think you pretty much just described the plot of the page master. No, but there are a lot of correlations, I will say. So first off, they are we ready to launch into mm-hmm. my mm-hmm. my mm-hmm. glowing explanation of the page master? So, uh it is uh live action and animation. I knew it. Hence why two directors. I knew it. Um, oh, I knew it. Yep, yep. And also the clip had that pretty And also the clip yeah. pretty much gave that away. Anyways, we have Kevin, who, like you said, is an off child, Mm -hmm. Um, but he's off in a way 
where he is very, I don't know who to liken him to in other movies, but he's very tentative, very cautious. Thomas like J. Uh, who's that? Kevin McAllister in My Girl. Oh, I've never seen that. What? Okay, well, we'll have to do an episode of that, so no more information about no that. No more information. But he has we'll a lot of allergies, and he's very yeah. nervous. Yeah, this kid's got a lot of... He's very nervous to do anything. He's, his dad's trying to build him a treehouse, so he's a good dad. He's a good Ooh. dad. That's where we differ. Um, but okay. it's okay. It's okay. Didn't get that vibe from the clip. Your, your dad's a good dad, too, <laughs> at the end. Um, I thought you were talking about my real dad. You're, yeah, I, you're, like, I know. I love your dad. Um... <laughs> He is building him a tree house. Um, he needs more screws. But the kid is like very like, I don't want to get up in the tree. I'm scared. And he's like, Ew. you're going to be adventurous and brave. And it's very uh, gendered. He's like, you're going to be a man. Ew. Um, he makes him go to the hardware store to get more screws. And along the way, there's a rainstorm. Kevin McAllister, um, he runs into a library for to seek uh, shelter. Oh my gosh! And I think I've seen this movie. What? Okay, let me keep. Let Wait, me, let me what, test it. The library thing is really bringing. Is some it ringing images. a bell? Yeah. He meets a very kind of scary Christopher Lloyd, who is the librarian. And yeah, I've seen it. Wow, but so it's still so vague. Like even if I knew you that had, <laughs> you said you had no idea about <laughs> like, it. Like even if. I had this information and went back, I still would be very yeah, lost. You would still, I mean, that's the wonderful thing about having a terrible memory is you can experience <laughs> movies anew for a second time. Um, but he, anyways, he's in the library, he falls, hits his head. So we don't know. This is a, another similarity. He doesn't know. He hits his head, everything becomes animated. Oh. We don't know if it's be, the entire movie is like his concussion dream. <laughs> or if it's a real thing that happens, this library has magical powers. I he, love this idea of the movie makers being like, is this a concussion dream or not? Or not. They'll <laughs> never know. Original Inception. Um, but <laughs> it turns animated at that point. Regardless, okay. he encounters three books, uh, one of which you nailed. Uh, the female book is romance, is fantasy, and mm. is played by Whoopi Goldberg. That's Ooh. whose voice you were hearing. Okay, well, I'm glad she's black. Yep. So, but good on mean, you, Whoopi. I know what you mean by in terms of like ham. You know, it was a lot. It's very, very gendered and weird. Um, hand fisted, hand fisted. Um, and then we have adventure and uh, horror. And adventure is played by Patrick Stewart. The voice is Patrick Stewart. Mm, Sir Patrick Stewart. Is. You do. You'll you'll look up his picture and you'll know immediately. Um, but anyways, they go on this kind of epic adventure. He has trying to find the exit. Um, to get out of this animated world. Um, but along the way, they enter into all of these classic stories. Like they go through Jekyll and Hyde and have to defeat Mr. Hyde. Uh, they go through Moby Dick. Oh. Uh, they go through Treasure Island. Um, I mean, the thing that I loved about this movie as a kid was getting to see all of the literary ref. I was a yeah. huge book nerd and getting to see all of like the fairy tale references. And then later on in my schooling, when they would come up, I knew what, mm. like I knew um, oh, what cool. Gulliver's travels were because of this movie. And teachers would be like, well, how do you, what? I'd be like, page master, bitch. I mean, that's cool. Cause you liked books. <laughs> I'm cool because I like books. No, yeah. it's cool for you because you liked books. I hated books. So you would have been that kid who's like, Gulliver's, are we talking about Gulliver's Trials today? Yeah, that was, uh, believe it or not, not too cool back then. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't have been that cool kid, and I wasn't. Um, there's definitely a dragon, which is the final battle. Yeah, I figured. And the image of him standing what kind of story? like. Um, I, it might be Sir Arthur. Wow. Which you also referenced. Kid I don't Arthur. think they don't they don't hammer home the fact that it's from a mm -hmm. specific book. They're just like there are dragons in fantasy novels. Okay. okay. Um, but he wow, faces cool. down the dragon. That's like the final boss. But at the end, it's all about the page master is this kind of wizened old wizard who has the voice of Christopher Lloyd, which also makes us question. Um, is it a dream or not? Because mm -hmm. um, it could just be the yeah, librarian. Um, but at the very end, it's it's like all of these things were inside of you. 
and you will find it's <laughs> what okay. a lot of people said on Rotten Tomatoes is it's propaganda for reading, but they said it like it was a bad thing. I was like, hmm. okay, if the worst kind of propaganda yeah. is to get kids to read, then yeah, sorry. That's very cool. It's a very, very good movie. Um, like I said, I really credit it with, um, and it's, oh, the, for anybody, we can't play it because of copyright, but look up the theme song from Page Master. It's like this. Page Master. Page Master. It's a Fleet Foxes song. <laughs> Um, that's cool. I kind of want to watch it now. Uh, I, I think didn't you should really watch it again. Get, I didn't really get much. It's true. The last but I liked minute 20. I loved your story. I mean, I think there were so many in terms of like the power of books and mm-hmm. writing and metaphors. Oh, there are also a lot of really great book puns. Mm. Is there a mom? Yeah, but we don't see the parents mostly. They we see the parents at the beginning, yeah. and then we see them at the very end. She goes okay. into the house. The reason you didn't think there was mom is she goes into the house shortly yeah. before your clip starts. But wow. they he comes. He's you know been missing because he's been mm-hmm. passed out at the library <laughs> for who knows God knows how long with without the librarian. <laughs> yeah, with a weird old man kind of <laughs> just carting around. Um, but then he comes back. They find him in the treehouse, wow. and that's. That's what you saw. Wow. So I can't help but just notice how many parallels there are to Little Women. Really? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, really? (laughs) Tell me more. Well, basically, it's the exact same story. (laughs) (laughs) When on Red Falls. Hits ahead. There's no animated element, but... Oh. Welcome. Fuck no, me. we're not saying welcome. Well, they've already done. They've already okay. listened. That concludes part one of a two-part series. Mary, tell our listeners about this two-part series. Please flip over your mixtape for ti- side two, which comes out in one week which from in now. One week. Yeah, but uh, tune in next week to listen to me describe Little Women, Julie's favorite film, and the best movie of all time. But mostly just Julie's favorite film and the best movie of all time. Okay. Goodbye. This podcast is produced by Rock Rising. Come follow us on Instagram, and if you want to hear more podcasts, visit rockrising.org. Thanks.